1: I have one hour and 57 minutes left until I quit. It's going to be great. Welcome to the show. My last show, Vince Quinn here with you on 94 WIP. And again, I'm counting down the minutes. I'm ready to win this lottery. I've got the ticket on me. Let me get that out now. Uh, I might as well because, again, hey, it's my last show. I'm going to do whatever I want. Uh, We have a lot of things to talk about. I mean, in a short amount of time because it's only going to be two hours. And then for uh, midnight to two, I don't know who's coming in for the second half. TK's doing updates. Maybe he's going to stay. But Anthony's here. He's producing. Maybe whoever's on producing at midnight will take over. But yeah, for these first two hours, we got a lot to talk about. Um, We'll be getting into the Eagles and and the state of the team. But the first thing I want to get to is obviously what went down with Markel Fultz last night. And what you got was a player that, was in a very losing position. He is a number one overall pick. The status of that cannot be exaggerated enough. He was the first player out of every player available in college basketball, international basketball, anybody not in the NBA. He was the number one guy available last year that the Sixers took. And they traded up to get him. I mean, the number of times that we talk about the value of a number one pick and, oh, man, that got like Sam Bradford. When Sam Bradford was here years ago, oh, he's a number one pick. It means so much, and they traded even more to get Markel Fultz. That is a hell of a price to pay that's a hell of a status to carry on your shoulders, and it's a hell of a town to carry it in. And for Markel Fultz last year, the way everything went, it couldn't have been worse, could it? If you ask Markel, you know, truth serum, hey, you know, what'd you think of last year? It was horrible. Stella lost his groove, you know? It's, it, it, that's what happened. He, just, he had nothing. He went from a guy that was a top player in basketball as a project and went to nothing. Couldn't shoot. His one best skill, shooting, gone. And despite the fact that he's a number one pick, despite the fact that he's been considered up to this point nothing but a massive bust, Markel Fultz was cheered constantly, loudly, enthusiastically by what felt like everybody at Wells Fargo Center. And it was amazing. That was an inspiring moment. That was something that I honestly didn't think I could see in this city. And why is that? Because Philadelphia, as we all know it, is tough. It's a common word you hear in this town. Tough. When you're going to describe the fan base to somebody else. When, you know, people on the outside are like, what's up with you guys? You're nuts. You know, well, uh, we're not crazy. We're just tough. And for that crowd, that tough mentality, when you saw Markel Fultz get cheered, there was confusion. He's not any good. Why are we cheering this kid? He's the number one overall pick. Why are we cheering this kid? Well, it wasn't about that. It wasn't about being tough. It wasn't about what he was able to do in the moment. It was about positivity. It was about getting the most out of the kid. It was anything but tough. And that's against what this city has been. You go back on the reputation, look at some of even the greatest and most revered players and coaches in this city. To a degree, we hate or hated a lot of them. When Doug Peterson first got here, he didn't have a shot. When Charlie Manuel first got here, he didn't have a shot. Gabe Kapler, right now, doesn't have a shot Brett Brown's been fired five consecutive years going. Um, let's talk about, let's see, Mike Schmidt. Does anybody like Mike Schmidt? And, he, and he's had a worse history recently, but in the prior, you know, 30 years he's been in this town. No, pe- people don't like Mike Schmidt. People don't like Donovan McNabb. It's, there's, there's something about this city that's tough, it's very critical. And usually we don't like you until you win. That's what tough usually means. Unless you're a singularly great player on horrible teams, we don't like you until you win. Because this is a tough town that demands results. But my question for you, is tough being, is it good? Is it good to be tough as a fan base? Does it make things better for the teams for the players, for us, being a tough fan base, 888-729-9494, 9494. I'm Vince Quinn, and when I look at this, being tough, not helpful. Hey, once in a while, when people are outright lying to us, like the way Brian Colangelo, when he was hiring, uh, dealing with all the Joel Embiid injury stuff, and that was, what, a year and a half ago. Where he plays that game against the rockets, he's got a tear, then they say he's fine, and they're putting him out, and then he goes out for the year, but they keep running us around and say, "Oh no, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming until he doesn't." Like though there's times to be mad, there are times to be outraged, there are times to demand more from the people that are in this city playing as coaches, as, as players, as general managers. You, you can demand more at times, but do we always have to be tough? Is it better? For this fan base, is the city better off? Do the teams play better? Do the players play better? Do we get better players? Because we're a tough fan base. No, we don't. Being tough doesn't accomplish anything. How often is it that teams are going to say, you know what really got us to the top is when they booed the crap out of us when we were 3-13 and 13 those years ago. Is that what puts you over the top? like usually you know when the teams win here we're cheering them all the way through winning right did we boo the Eagles last season did we crush them as they were beating teams 45 to 3 as they go and knock out Minnesota like we were cheering them we were cheering them constantly through the tough Atlanta game were we booing them no we cheered them they were winning and that's what we wanted to see. It was good. It was easy. It was fun. It was light. We we weren't so tough because they were winning, and that was good. And maybe it would be better the same way that Markel Fultz, who took very clear steps forward in that game once the cheering started, maybe it would be better if we weren't so tough on people all the time. Maybe if we gave people more of a shot, it would be better. I mean, imagine, hey, it's your, your first day at work, right? And you go in there, and you're just not the typical accountant. Maybe you're not the typical sales guy. You're just you're just a little different. I don't know. Maybe you listen to disco, and you got a wild sense of style. But deep down, hey, you like cracking a beer and watching a movie like everybody else. Do you want people to be tough on you because you're a little bit different? We get a lot of that here. Do you want people to be tough on you when you're having a hard couple of weeks? Maybe you're not accomplishing what you want to do at your job. Do you want people to be hard on you, to be tough on you? Or do you want to get that shot? Do you want that positivity, that lift you up? Talking about people in relationships, right? That's one of the big things. It's always, hey, when things were down, when it was really rough, you were there to support me. You were that person that I it just gave me that boost when I needed it the most. And usually we all do. Usually we could all use a nice boost. It feels good. Have you ever gotten a compliment from a stranger? Even in the simplest way, hey, you know, uh, I see those shoes you bought. Those are pretty nice. Where'd you get those? Oh, it's a good feeling. And we're very tough on people here. We're not like that. We're not as optimistic and hopeful. It's more tough and pessimistic and prove it. Does that make things better? Look at Nelson Aguilar. What that guy went through, the fact that he was able to turn things around is miraculous. To have the season he did last year, when you go back two years ago, and he was a bust, and we were booing him and sarcastically cheering whenever he caught a ball, and he was in front of his locker, and they had to just deactivate him for a couple of weeks because he couldn't play. We were crushing that kid. So he's a first-round pick, and me included. I've been a part of this. I'm not saying I'm, I'm outside of it. I've been a part of this system where the expectation is so high, and we always need the results. And if there's anything but the results, uh, we're going to crush you. There's never this idea of, well, let's give this guy time. Maybe he's not in the right situation. What, maybe he just needs more positivity. Social media certainly doesn't help. And that's not just a young person thing anymore. They're, you know, can't say, oh, it's just millennials in social media. No, 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 no. I know plenty of people that are 40, 50, 60 that are on Twitter and Instagram. So they're out there, too, and saying negative things, horrible things, directly to players in this city. Hey, you don't play a bad game. Go through Gabe Kapler's mentions. Go through, um, I don't know, Jalen Mills' mentions over the past couple of weeks. What's it been like? He's getting crushed. Because this is a tough town. It's not, you know, Jalen, you've had a couple of good years. These weeks have been bad. And, you know, he's got to turn it around. And we're still critical. But it's like, hey, dude, you should like, you should die. You should quit your job. You know, people are so, they're so tough on athletes in this city. And is that a good thing? Is it a good thing to be hypercritical? Is it a good thing to demand so much? Is, is it a good thing to not be willing to help a guy when you know that he's very likely dealing with some mental stuff? That's part of the issue here. I mean, no one says it with faults, but if you're inferring things, it certainly looks that way. You know, is it wrong to go and cheer for a kid who's 19 years old had one of the worst years of his life last year, and suddenly, you know, people wanted to succeed? (laughs) Is it wrong to go and cheer him when things are bad, to say, you know what, man, it has been horrible, people have been killing you, we still want you to shoot, we still want you to get better, we still want you to be the guy that you can become. And think about what that could lead to. Think of what that could be versus booing Markel every time he's out there for the shots that he doesn't take. And that's what I was doing last night. Like, this, this feels like a conversion for, for me. I was sitting on the couch last night. I'm watching the game. He doesn't take that first shot. He's in the corner, wide open three. And I say, you know what? This is ridiculous. This kid is horrible. But people cheered. And I was like, wait, what is that about? And then he goes up and he has the chance again. And he shoots. And he misses. And people cheer. I thought, oh, my God, this is brilliant. I mean, think about it. Think about what that could do for people when you're cheering them when things are bad. Think of what it meant to the Phillies this year, a team that you might say, hey, I support the Phillies, but I don't support Gabe Kapler. Game three of the season, even if you didn't support Gabe Kapler, you could have at least gave the guy a light applause or shut your mouth. Did you have to go and boo the guy at the home opener after three games? Would a little positivity help? I mean, is that being tough for a good purpose? What does that do? What, what does being tough at times do? Does it make anything better? 888-729-9494. Pound 9494 is going to get you in with me. I'm Vince Quinn on 94WIP. And you know what? Let's, let's take a call. Let's go to John at Wilmington. John, you're on WIP.
0: Hi. How are you doing, Vince?
1: I'm, I'm a little amped up. How are you?
0: Good, you know, I gotta see. I think the one word describes the Philadelphia fan, and I'm just as passionate. I think we're bipolar. Okay, and,
1: really, and why is that?
0: Because we are so. It's like we're happy one minute, we're you know, mad the next. It's like there's no, there's no like, in between. It's like 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 you say with Gabe Kapler getting booed per game this season. Um, you know. Donovan McNabb getting booed at the, uh, you know, with, with the uh, when he got drafted. You know, it's like there's never they don't we don't give a, a, a team a chance. It's like it's, it's like one one thing to the other. If they lose a the game, away, they jump off, you know, one of the one of the bridges in Philly. It's just that like, I just think there's no like there's no medium ground for the Philadelphia fans either. Well, one way or or the other. Now we are we are very. We are very passionate, and we won't let you know when you make a mistake. But I don't think – I think it's, sometimes it gets too extreme. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, hey, be passionate. That's another word that's going to be said a lot tonight. Hey, we're not we're, – you know, we're, we're very passionate people, and that's fine. But at the same way, like, you're a fan because, in part, you want to see the teams win, right? Like, that's oh, – that's, that's your heart's desire. So if you're just going to crush them – when things aren't going your way, what good does that do for anybody?
0: Doesn't do anybody any good. But that's just that's just the way we. That's just ingrained in us. Maybe it's just you know, I, my my father was a big Philadelphia fan. That's just it was, it was the way I was raised, and it's like and I know a lot of other Philadelphia fans. So that's just the way we are. There's nothing we can do to change unless they want to get a, you know a lot of medication available to us. I think that's just the way that's just the way we are going to be. Hey, far, well, you know? you know,
1: pot's legal in Canada, John. It's only a matter of time. So. <laughs> Sorry, thank yeah, hey, appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Dave in Center City. Dave, how do you feel?
2: Oh, I'm feeling beautiful. I got a question for you. Are you from here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm from here. I'm okay, from Delco. You, I'm born okay, and raised in from, Delco.
2: Okay, you're from Delco. Okay. Have you ever bought a ticket for a game?
1: Bunch of them. I was at a Flyers okay. game two days ago.
2: Okay, do you have a family?
1: Uh, Yes. Well, I, I mean, mean like, I don't have a wife and kids, but I okay. have, you know, oh, okay, parents okay. and a brother and okay. sister.
2: Okay. So let me put it to you like this. I work very hard for my money, and I expect a good performance. I was at the game last night. I wasn't one of those cheering for him. He got choked. I'm not a big fan of this. Either you can get the job done or you can't get the job done. Martel Phelps is either going to be the second coming. I mean, he's, he won't be the first bad first-round draft choice. You know, you can look him up. LaRue Martin, uh, uh Kwame Brown, so he won't be Mm. alone in that, okay? But, you know, either this guy can play or he can't play. Right now, this is an experiment, and they don't know what they have. That's the bottom line. So you're trying to see what happens. I pay hard, earn money for my kids so they can go out and enjoy a game. I don't teach them to boo, but I teach them to see an effort. And if I see an effort, you can't fault anyone when they're doing their best. I'm not so sure this guy is doing their best, but babying him I don't care if he's 20, I don't care if he's 30, Uh, is not going to help him.
1: Well, what if it does? I mean, that's the thing. Last night he wasn't taking those shots. Then the fan base started yelling at him to shoot, and then they were cheering him when he missed, and he took 15 shots. He led the team.
2: He took 15 shots. If you notice, most of those shots that he took uh, were runners down the lane. Okay, that's when he's really at his best. He doesn't have an outside shot.
1: Well, he used to. That's why he was drafted number one overall. He was a three point shooter. He shot like forty three percent in college.
2: Yeah. Okay. He shot that in where college, right? Well, are talking about the NBA, the best there is. Yeah. He's not there yet. Okay. And he has yet to prove that he can shoot from outside. Well, I'm sorry.
1: I'm that, and that's, not you're, you're totally right. I, I won't argue on that, but I'll say this. Isn't it better to cheer him in hopes that he will take more shots and develop that outside shot rather than boo him because he's not the guy that we want him to be?
3: I will cheer
2: him when his play on the court equals to what we're doing on the court and is not hurting us. That's when they'll get a cheer from uh, until then, no, I'm not, I'm, I can't, I can't cheer that. I can't cheer mediocrity.
1: Okay. And, and that's totally fair, Dave. And that's how a lot of people are. That's the thing. It's a tough town. That's, that's exactly the point. Dave is one of those guys that he's saying, you know what? Hey, you got to prove something first. I'm not going to cheer you. I'm not going to, you know, go out of my way to support you. I just want the result. I just need the good result and that's it. And, and that's what fascinates me. Is that the right thing to do? Is it good to be tough? Because for Markel Fultz, it seems like this overly positive and criticized angle of cheering him when he's missing shots, which is very unnatural in this town, that's giving a, it's getting an odd look. But if it's going to help the player, can't we all agree that's the right thing to do? 888-729-9494, pound 9494. I'm Vince Quinn on 94WIP. Let's hear from Markel Fultz, shall we? Yeah, and Markel Fultz got better as the game went on because people weren't so tough on him. They said, hey, man, you're afraid to shoot, which is crazy. Uh, He's a basketball player that's afraid to shoot. And rather than boo him off the court, people cheered him. When he missed shots, they cheered him. And it's not because it was a good performance. It wasn't. but. It's all about, for this kid, taking steps forward. What can you do to get a player that was a number one overall pick, could be a missing piece of the process, that last complimentary third star? It doesn't seem very likely right now. But he's young, and and you just want to be optimistic here. And so the whole hope is, by cheering this kid on, by building up his confidence, something that Brett Brown's talked about at length for months now, by doing that, You're going to get that basketball player that we all want. But it's very anti-Philadelphia, right? This is a tough town. Cheering a player who's bad right now and didn't have a good performance is not normal, even a little bit. And it confused me when I first saw it. I mean, sitting on the couch yesterday, I I was mad watching him get wide-open threes and then just tuck the ball and dribble in to the defense with, like, eight feet of space. I mean, you could have gotten the tallest man on the planet and laid him flat on the ground and had his arms extended like he's Superman. You had that much space between Fultz and the first closest defender. And he'd dribble in rather than shoot. But the fans cheered him, and soon enough, He shot. And that's a good thing. That's what we all want, right? So something that wasn't being tough on the kid led to a positive result. And so it makes me wonder, is being a tough fan base, and that's what we are, and that's what a lot of people say all the time. You ask anybody to describe Philly, one of the three words that will come out of their mouth is going to be tough. It's probably passionate, tough. Proud. I would say those are the three most common words. You know, survey says like that. You know, it's, it's just, that's, it's commonly how we talk about it. But is it a good thing? Is it a good thing for us? Is it a good thing? Because ultimately what we all want as sports fans, as a group, what do we want? We want to see our teams win, right? That's what we're looking for. We want them to win. Does being tough on the teams all the time, does that mean that they're better? I have some questions. I mean, we've been mad for a long time, right? It, we've been tough for a very long time. How many titles have we won? If, if being tough all the time directly correlated to having better teams, then how come we aren't Titletown? I've seen, you know, teams all across the country win. Those fan bases aren't as tough as Philly. Why is that? Do the fans have a factor in this? I certainly think so. And Philly fans have a reputation for being tough. Is that a good thing? 888-729-9494. I'm Vince Quinn. You can tweet all your angry things at It's Vince Quinn. That's all one word. It's Vince Quinn. And I know it's it's going to be angry because here's the thing. Uh, First call of the show was... Someone asking me where I'm from, which I know is a, it's going to be a long road tonight. When you get a where are you from call in the first segment of the show, it's going to get messy. So strap in, folks. But luckily, and here's the other thing we're talking about tonight. Luckily, this is my last show. So you should be thrilled about that. Um, I have a Mega Millions ticket right in front of me. It is the only one that matters, and I'm sorry you can throw yours out now. But once I win, and this is the consolation prize... You won't hear me anymore. Once I, once I win this thing tonight at midnight, I'm looking at Anthony dead in the eyes. He's producing tonight. I'm looking dead in the eyes. I am leaving this show at midnight. As soon as I win the Powerball, I'm walking out of here. And so be ready for contingency plans, whatever you got to do. Figure that out. But I'm getting out of here once I win. So uh, if you want to tell me, and this is something that Jilio did, and he was totally right in doing this, what are you going to buy? What is that first thing? If you win the Mega Millions tonight, what's that first thing you're buying? Because for me, I can't, I can't believe I'm saying this, but this, this is the first thing that I would buy. I would go to, like, a Chuck E. Cheese or some putt-putt, wherever. I would find a Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time arcade machine, like four-player with the joystick and the two buttons, and I would just buy it. I would just buy it straight off them, then and there. And I, I don't know, I'd strap it to my car or walk it home, like however many miles, but that is the first thing I want. I want a Turtles in Time arcade machine. That I don't know why, it's, that is the one thing that I need more than anything else. I just, I want that nostalgia, man. So, what would you get? What's that first thing you would get? Um, on top of the sports conversation, of course, and let's go to Dave in Mount Airy. What's up, Dave? Dave, are you there? Dave, going once. Going twice. Dave is gone. Let's go to Steve in Tampa. And if I can hit the button right, there we go. Hello, Steve. Hello, Vince. What's up? I don't know. How are you doing? Oh, I, I think I'm in for a long one tonight, Steve. <laughs>
3: you are? Well, uh, buckle your seatbelt. Okay. Put your headrest forward uh, and put your red tray up, you know, so you don't get any bumps or bruises. Yeah. Yeah. You know, here's the problem. Fultz is, was drafted number one. The Sixers gave up a draft pick, which we don't know what's going to happen. It could go to Boston next year, uh, and Boston picked second. They got a better player than we did. That was, that pisses off a lot of people. Who are the geniuses in the Sixers organization? That wanted folks so bad, they gave up next year's pick, and they got a player not as good as the Celtics picked. That's number one.
1: Well, yeah, and and that guy, he's fired now.
3: Oh well, maybe they waited too long to fire him.
1: Well, that's they shouldn't have hired him in the first place. But that's a whole well, different that's story.
3: Another phone call altogether. Yeah, um, that's the guys who are running the Sixers who really don't give a bleep about you know. Uh, they show up for announcements and that's it. They're worried about their hockey team up in uh, North Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, here's another thing that, that gets people upset. The Eagles are third down and eight. They completed past Ernst at the sidelines and he gets seven yards. What kind of play is designed? To be short, one yard on a first down, you go nine yards, ten yards. So if the pass is complete, at least you get a first down.
1: That's yeah.
3: another thing. You
1: know, that's one of the most confusing things in football, honestly, Steve. Because well, it's it's yeah, me. it's not just the Eagles. It happens to all of the teams in the league all Why? the time. It is so consistent. The teams will catch a ball and they'll be they'll and they'll still have to move forward like the route is a five-yard route on a seven-yard distance. And so when they catch it, they then have to go upfield two yards, and they don't get it. They get tackled as soon as they catch the ball, which happens a lot on a five-yard out route. And so you're like, exactly. what are we doing here?
3: <laughs> Unbuckle your seatbelt. We're okay, okay Vince. Okay. Um, you know, that's, I, I know what happens, but I, I'm just – unfortunately, I won't be able to see the game uh, tomorrow because i got to take it to the Cleveland down here game. Um but I'll bring my computer with me. Maybe I can pick it up. But it, it, it's, and the Phillies, let's talk about aggravation. You can't tell a guy how to slide the third base without sliding off the back and being out in the middle of a rally. That's management. That's the coach. Even if you talk about the Sixers, if Fultz has a three-point shot, and he dribbles, like you said, seven, eight feet towards the defense. That's the coach has got to say, don't do that. Take the shot. Will you agree?
1: Well, he should, and I believe he does, but all I'm saying is that for the fan base, the thing is, we're in the building, right? And for a fan base, one of the things that we do, and we do this a lot in this town, and people do it in every town, so it's not Philly specific, but one thing that is common with fans is you take credit for the home field advantage, right? We get so loud at home. We took over that stadium. And, like, there's something to be said for that. There's a lot of chest exactly. thumping. And so there's, so there's it something be, well, hold on, people hold on, Steve. So there's, here, well, so there's something to be said for that in the way of if you're going to boo your own players, you need to take responsibility for the environment that you create as well. And so going back to faults, and my whole initial point with this is the cheering of faults is a good thing because it's good for the player. And as a fan base, as much as we're frustrated, we might as well do what we can when he's in front of us and he hears us to be like, hey, dude, we want you to be better. Here's the obvious thing. Please do that. We'll support you. And that's exactly, exactly. what happened. Exactly. That's exactly
3: right. By the way, uh, I got bad news for you. you. You did not win the billion dollars I did. So
1: <laughs> well. I'm going to buy the station and, fi- and I
3: I will fire uh, Trevor Lee. So.
1: Oh, no, not tr- He's coming in soon. So oh, uh, I'll let him know. Insane. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right, Steve. Let's go. Oh, you know what? We're running a little late. So uh, we'll continue to take calls when we come back. I, I got to wonder about this. I know there's a lot of people that want to talk about it because this is Philly, right? Philly in a nutshell is a tough fan base. That's what we always talk about. Philly is tough. But is that a good thing? Is it a good thing that we're such a a tough fan base? Do we get the most out of players? Do we get the most out of our teams because we're so tough? 888-729-9494. I'm Vince Quinn. You can also join the show at It's Vince Quinn. And by the way, I was a part of the apocalypse three days ago, and I'll tell you what happened. That's next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.